Hi, I'm Sean Horn, founder and CEO of BeBell.ie. So what is BeBell? Well, it's a place of positivity. It's a place where you can be happy, be kind, be bold, feel supported and encouraged to fulfill your dreams. So come and join us on social media at BeBell underscore tribe or subscribe at BeBell.ie for future events and upcoming podcasts. With that in mind, welcome to series two. We've interviewed some amazing, inspirational women this series. So pop on your headphones, sit back, relax, and enjoy. So today I am delighted to welcome communication executive from Cork, Elaine Canty. How are you? I'm good, Shan. Thank you for having me here today. It's such a pleasure to talk to you and a great honour. Well, I'm so delighted. I'm delighted for two reasons. One, I'm delighted that you're here. Two, I'm delighted that I got your name right because we chatted earlier this morning and I've been calling you Eleanor for uh, two years. (laughs) And it is Elena. And I will never get that wrong again. um, So how are you today anyway? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Yeah, I think I'm slowly becoming accustomed to this new way of life but at the same time I'm not comfortable with it as in I'm ready to emerge like a butterfly once we're all able to enjoy our life again you know um without restrictions but I'm definitely gone to a point where I'm no longer mourning the life that I used to have I'm kind of just kind of going with it now and yeah. And I think that's yeah. the important thing, isn't it? It's not to mourn what we had. It's, it's actually yeah. to celebrate what's coming in the future because I think we've all learned lots of amazing lessons from this time. Yeah, absolutely. Reflecting has been a great, um, you know, time to learn a lot about yourself and about life and about the people in your life and what you were doing in your life. Um, yeah, so it's great. It's been a great time to learn. Definitely. I'm glad you've taken something that the same as I have. I've, I've you know, I've, in, I've enjoyed this time. But, uh, but today we're here for BeBell. Um, you've been part of the BeBell community since day one. You've been such an advocate for, for women um, in Cork. Um, you're so supportive. So I'm so delighted to have you on and to understand a little bit more about your story. So where did it all begin? Right, well, um, it all began my journey um, when I was born in February in 1990, so I just recently turned 30, um, and I was born in Minsk in Belarus, uh, which is in uh, Russia, um, and yeah, so I suppose for those that don't know me, um, I, I, I live with a physical condition, I was born with it. So as soon as I was born, I instantly began fighting for my life. Um, and I was in hospital, as you, as you would be, um, uh, for quite a considerable amount of time. But um, I suppose, um, for those that don't know me well, um, the first five-ish years of my life is very um, frazzled. Um, I don't know much about first five years of my life because I am um, once I left the hospital I was in an orphanage uh, 
So it's a very Annie type story, uh, although I think she was a bit older than me when she got um, adopted. But uh, yeah, um, so I stayed in Russia until I was five and a half. And in October 1995, um, I moved to Ireland um, and found my forever home with an amazing family in Cork City. And yeah, pretty much been here ever since three and a half years later after October 1995. In um, March um, 1999, I was officially adopted and became legally Irish and legally Canty, <laughs> as my what name is. So yeah. you don't really have any memories of those first five years? Um, really? Just, do you feel that you you just, I suppose it's such a lovely story of, of yeah. your adoption and coming yeah. here then five years later for your forever home, those memories just yeah. took over. Yeah, I think I didn't really properly, I would always say, like I did turn 30 this February, but I don't, I feel like I have two birthdays every year. I have a birthday when I first came to Ireland in October. Um, and my actual uh, biological birthday. Um, but like, um, yeah, I don't really feel like my life truly began until I moved to Ireland uh, in October 1995. So I feel like I'm 25. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd, I'd take five years off my age if I could as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you could for, like, you, you're in Ireland 20 years now. So really, so I'm happy days. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, (laughs) for those that don't know you, Len, you were born, um, obviously, with some difficulties. So, so when you came... So, I was born with um, osteogenesis imperfecta, uh, or OI for short, and that basically means when bones disease. Um, And it does exactly what it says on the tin ish means my bones break very easily. Um, so a simple cough or a sneeze and I could crack my rib. Um, and um, I suppose a lot of people would not know, I suppose when you are born with this type of bone disease, it doesn't just affect your bones because it's a colli- it's a, dis- it's a disor- disorder of the collagen. So um, it affects kind of all parts of your body. Um, for me, it would affect my organs, like my lungs at the moment, touch wood, that's all. <laughs> um, and my scoliosis as well. Yes. Uh, it's quite twisted, so I'm very unique. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose, yeah. So um, yeah, th- those were the difficulties I would have faced growing up. And um, well, they were an ongoing basis, I suppose, but I wouldn't be... I'm a lot stronger now, thank God, um, than I was when I was a kid. Very crazy anatomy type of stuff when I was growing up. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I and don't growing, feel as bad. Growing up, were you always in a wheelchair or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, since I came to Ireland, yeah, I would have had all the medical attention that I needed when I first came. Um, I had surgery on my femurs to correct the bones um because they kept fracturing um i i got my first little red wheelchair it was a manual one at the time 
um, and I got my first motor chair when I in two thousand and one when I was eleven. This is my third one. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much I think since I since I was seven, I think I had a wheelchair. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much all my you're life. You're very yeah. used to it, and you're very strong. I know from teaching you Pilates, you you have great movement, even with the restrictions that you have. You're not someone that ever uh, lets that be a barrier to you. No, no. Um, I suppose when I was a kid, I hated physio, but that was because I was always in pain, maybe. And I think the physiotherapists wouldn't have understood to a great extent of how to handle somebody who has a bone disease that is that quite significant or severe even um so i suppose i would have always kind of associated with pain but as you get older you kind of get more brazen um and a bit more uh, stubborn um which is what aquarius is uh, so yeah i just feel like if you can move it's such a blessing um like, geez, I, I'd rather move and be in pain than not be able to move at all because it could be a lot worse, and, and it is for a lot of other people. So, I, I'd rather move, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and yeah. as you when you were growing up, did, did you ever feel you missed out on stuff, or did you get involved in different ways? Yeah, um, I suppose my teenage years, I wouldn't have, shall we say, experienced all the. Um, milestones that teenagers would uh, go through. Um, I suppose I was too busy being sick at home or going to hospital appointments or, you know, just going on medication while they were, you know, doing their teenage stuff. Yeah, um, yeah I, I did miss out on a lot. But at the same time, I had a great family. Um, I would have been friendly with my cousins, so I loved going up to my nan and granddad's. And my other nana as well and i loved my family time um growing up and i think that's what i miss the most you know being an adult i think once the grandparents die out that kind of doesn't happen anymore you know you don't have the gatherings as much but i loved that about my childhood i we've had a very close relationship with my cousins and we had a laugh and stuff um but yeah in terms of friendships i found that hard i would have three friends now that I still have since my childhood days so I think that's a blessing um, lesson. and do you know yeah. what not everybody can say that you know yeah. a lot of people um, I, I'm very fortunate actually I still have my friends from from when I you know when I lived in London and I've been here 20 years every Friday night actually we still zoom every Friday night as if we were um, but it's actually taken something like this for that to happen before we'd wait for each other to get flights and now we're like yeah. the world has become a bit smaller yeah definitely and i think for me technology has been a savior for this time because i've done video chats with my um with two friends in particular and um just winning people and you know even i every friday so we'll be doing it later on this evening um Every Friday, I do a, a, a virtual quiz with my family, uh, and it's on tonight at five. So I love that. We didn't do that before lockdown. We probably only met at special occasions. So there is good things out of this as well. 
I'm going back to, to your school days um, and, and the friends that you had. Um, yeah. So when you left school, you went on to college? I did. Um, I suppose after high school, um, like a lot of people, you see when they're leaving such, I, um, I thought the whole world was going to end because I didn't get my points for UCC. So I did damage control and I um, applied for college come and it was the best three years of my life. And I did communications related um, courses there. And that's where I found my passion for communications. And I um, went on to the CIT uh, for a Bachelor of Business in Business Administration in 2013. And I did not leave CIT until September last year. So in there for quite a while. So you kind <laughs> yes. of moved in to CIT. Yeah, yeah. I just set up camp here, and yeah, I was only short of my bedroom being in there. Yeah, um, but it was great. Yeah, and and you've made an amazing network there as well. Yeah, and CIT was fabulous. It was possibly the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, you know, you have this idea when you're in high school everyone wants to do a certain way so you're like oh that must be the best way to do it but I am so fortunate that I went down the route of college problems because I was much happier and I know people that weren't happy on the route they went so I was haunted that I went down the route of college problems because I loved my time there I just loved like the atmosphere of the hallways the camaraderie the feeling that you are treated as a person and not an academic statistic, you know, that you're not just number, you know, zero 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 one three seven or whatever, you know, yeah. like one of these. Um, no, that you were known as Elena Canty and that was you and you were known as for your abilities and not for your, you know, inabilities. So it's brilliant. It was lovely. Such a diverse college, both of which were very diverse colleges and I loved them, loved my time there and the people that I met over the years and the relationships that I um, forged over time. You used a sentence there, being known for your abilities and not your inabilities. Have you felt like that a little bit in life? Um, yeah, I suppose, the you know, growing up maybe um, in the 90s wouldn't have exactly been um the most positive place for people with disabilities in in Ireland anyway and um, probably around the world as well um I suppose when I first started my uh when I began my journey in education um um and my mom and dad were reading around primary schools to enroll me into um a lot of them were like oh no no we don't have remedial uh sections in this school whatever and she's like She's in a wheelchair, she she breaks bones, but not wrong with her brain. Like, I mean, so she, like, you know, my mom and dad both found it hard, but I've, eventually they found a beautiful school uh, just down the road from us, uh, Scala La Vea. And God, it was great. The fantastic uh, seven, eight years that I've spent there. And um, yeah, I loved it. Um, I, fantastic teachers. They all minded us really well. We were um, we were really minded as kids, and it was a lovely time. Um, I loved that five It's yeah. funny though because you know we're, obviously we're in we're, we're here. We're in two thousand and twenty, 
Um, people's mindset is very different these days. But like you say, in 1990, it was very, very different. Yeah, definitely. And it was ruled a lot by, um, you know, the church, I suppose, as well. And um, it was very kind of like, you know, that idea that, you know, if there was any form of disability uh, attached to the person, no, you throw them into a, you know, a place where they can never be seen in the outside world. And my mum was like, well, she decided straight away. But my mum and dad, no, that won't be happening at all. And I think it is down to who you're reared into, um, your parents. Like they, if they don't want to give up and make sure that, no, I'm giving my daughter the best education. And my dad would always say, we'll give her plenty of college. And by Christ, it is. <laughs> Nine years ago. So, uh, yeah, exhausted now. Uh, no more college. <laughs> well, not in long term anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, they made sure I did education. I do think when I talk to you, you know, like now knowing a little bit more about your story, I can kind of understand where your attitude comes from because you ha you have this amazing outlook on life. Thank you. Um, I'm That's presuming it comes from your parents. Yes, yeah, it's definitely all about the wearing and where you're um you grow up in. Um, but I have lived. A road less traveled definitely i haven't you know i haven't um experienced a lot of the normal things that you would assume by a person in the 30s um i didn't go traveling yet um you know i didn't you know experience relationships in terms of dating and stuff i didn't have the normal kind of um journey yet um so i do have a different perspective on life because I have lived the road I am on the road less traveled yeah so yeah but if, you know what it's like and how do you find Cork City I remember us actually meeting one day and we we decided to go for a drink because yes. uh, we know you like that a glass of white wine and a Prosecco and then um, I remember we were going to yeah. go into a, a bar but there wasn't access for you yes and I couldn't even comprehend yeah. that. Uh, no, it's still very, um, it's still fairly prevalent in Ireland um, and in Cork. Um, I suppose they're very old. That'd be my only reasoning around it. They're very old buildings like uh, Pembroke Street would be um, and a lot of, you know, uh, South Malway and you know, all these different streets are old, but it shouldn't be an excuse. I know that I heard before was that you deserve the building, the uh, authenticity of the building, but no, I wouldn't see it that way. I feel like they should invest in the future and, you know, um, you know, there are more people with disabilities now, so they need to just cater for everyone. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. It, it never, never even occurred to me till that day that there would be an issue in, in, in yeah. 2020. Yeah, yeah, and it still will be until, you know, maybe there's a massive campaign that uh, a few of us uh, create, but I, I don't know, I don't see it happening with some proprietors. I imagine they won't want to invest in a certain way, but then others then have um, adapted in some way. Like, um, 
one of my favorite restaurants um down Cook Street. Um the main entrance isn't accessible, but they do have a side entrance. Well that's what I kind of call it, it's like the cellar. And yeah. I go in that way and it's perfect and I still enjoy my favorite Italiano um in it's my favorite restaurant in Cork City. Um and I can't wait to go back. Um so yeah. And so that's Il Padrino. Oh yeah. It's on Trish, beautiful restaurant. <gasps> love it. It's yeah, my favorite. It's fantastic. So do you yeah. like on a daily, you know, like you know, I've often said this, if I wanted somebody rings me and I just want to pop out, I you know, but when you go out, obviously you have to plan and you have to make sure you have yeah. get there, um transport, etc. So so how everything plan for me but at the same time i i like a bit of um you know that feeling of just doing something off the cuff as well but it, it would kind of have to be maybe short notice the night before and so that i can so that i know to get up early and start getting ready and whatever but yeah i suppose unless it's just with my mom and dad at home that we decide just to you know leave the house and go away for a few hours um that's fine but i think for meeting up with a friend or something it would kind of have to be kind of like the day before at least uh as, as the latest notice notice um yeah um because like, well i do have great transport now like which we have a van now and i can just drive into it but before i had um a car that i had to be lifted into and it just didn't uh, feel um right for me as i went on in life because um with the aches and pains in my legs and stuff and just to you know mind my mom and dad that they don't hurt their backs and stuff as no. well so it's a lot safer now so yeah. i can use the van anytime i want now or the bus i I'm can sorry. use the bus after spending all that time at CIT, um, you came out of CIT and you went to work in PR and eventing? Yeah, I did in um, Event Plan. Um, it's a lovely story, actually. I joined Network Hawk in August um, last year um, in 2019. And um, when I officially I joined, but I, I, I remember going to the barbecue in July. Um, and in August, I met what would be my future boss, um, Margaret O'Regan, and we just networked, as you do at a networking event, and I, we got chatting, and I told her I was finishing up my master's in PR, and she was saying she works in events, and I got all excited, and so did she, and she asked me to send her on her C my CV, um, and the rest is history. I did um, an internship with them for three months and last November I officially joined them as a team so I was delighted it was such a lesson yeah yeah and, and it's lovely to work with Margaret and Jenny they're lovely yeah and then obviously Mark COVID hit and and we all locked down and um I know for a lot of us that was a very strange thing uh, you know people were suffering mentally etc but you were kind of you know used to that side because you've you've had to do a bit of this over growing up yeah yeah definitely the isolation part was not new for me but i suppose at the same time 
that didn't mean that I was happy about it as well. I suppose, uh, I suppose this time around, you know, none of us could see each other only virtually. We're growing up, if I was isolation, kind of, that I couldn't get out of my house, although I had to be in hospital for quite a long time. I still had visitors, you know. Um, it might not have been every day or all the time, but I would have the odd visitor um, from family or friends. So it was a tough time since March. Uh, but thank God for technology because I've been able to connect with people. Um, and I think it, it made me feel like, wow, I do have great resilience. Like, and I might not have gotten that if I didn't overcome challenges when I was growing up. You know, so resilience really helps. How would you feel then when you see people, you know, not doing what they were supposed to be doing? <laughs> yes. Uh, how long have we got here? Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know. It, it got me annoyed, but um, I, as much as I was annoyed, I kind of took a deep breath and then I was like, look, you know what? As long as I'm doing my best to fatten the curve. Um, I, I suppose I always felt like that, even in college, you know, that kind of nerdy kind of attitude where, well, as long as I'm doing my study and then I'm doing my work, well, you know, to hell with the rest. <laughs> um, and I, I suppose I just had to take a deep breath and go, well, look, I'm doing what I'm told by the government. Um, that's what matters if everyone else wants to go out and about unnecessarily. Um, you know, it'll be only bad thing for them, not for me. But I suppose, yeah, it was awful to see some people being very uh, complacent. But, um, yeah, just because you feel you're missing out. But at the same time, I knew I wasn't missing out because we were supposed to be at home. So yes. um, I suppose I am starting a little bit to venture out. But I'm not going to do the dog on it either at the same time. Like Penny's opened today. Um, I probably won't venture into pennies until July, August. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean we all have to jump off the cliff together, do you know? I think we're, <laughs> we're all looking at being a little bit careful now. You've always had to be quite careful, you know, with the issues with your bones. Has there ever been any times where you've just been determined and haven't made yes. it always? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... When I remember when I was a teenager, I was getting, uh, as you do every morning when you're getting ready, I, I must have sneezed or coughed or something. I cracked my rib. And I, you know, for the first few minutes, you're like, oh, Jesus. And you're like, you know, going through the motions of uh, that shock. Because um, you never really get over that shock. That shock will always be like, oh. like even though I should be used to bones fracturing now. But um, I and my mom said, because, you know, straight away my parents were like, oh, no, you know, we'll take a peek of an hour, you go to bed, relax for yourself, put on a Disney movie. And I was like, mom, I'm going out with my friends. <laughs> we're meeting up. She's like, what? And she's like, you know, like they were both like kind of feeling this. Uh, do you know, do, do you really think it's a good idea? And, and sure, I, I ended up going out. Um, I think it was to the cinema we were meeting up for. And I uh, had a great day. I forgot about the rib, uh, kind of. You know, I would have been miserable at home, um, <laughs> probably crying in my soup, as the saying goes. Um, and, yeah, you know, I had a great day. I came home. I was obviously tired, but I felt so happy. And she looked the rib 
I'm still walking the next day. So I was like, Sherlock, I will still be walking. And something similar happened at a net, um, before I was, when I was getting ready to go to a Network Hawk event in CIT last November. It was like, um, I think it was a few days after my graduation. So I was all excited. I was like, I'm coming back as a graduate. But it was an event up in the, in the, uh, but the other building, the Melbourne building, yes. and Network Hawk hosting it. And I was all excited and I was getting ready and again sneezed that morning. I fractured my rib. Um, always maybe the night before and I was like still home in the morning, but I said, no, I'll go. And I had a great afternoon, morning, the morning event. Um, and I was glad I actually went still. And I, I know um, something for fact that no one there would have known that you'd cracked your rib because wherever you go, you go with the biggest smile, <laughs> always. You light up a room when you walk into it. What's yes. next for you? Oh, my. Um, I think I kind of feel like maybe um, I'm definitely excited to go back to work. Cannot wait um, to get um, stuck in and plan for next year's events and um, all, all that goes with that. But I feel like maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I feel like maybe something should be kind of bubbling away. Um, I don't know if yet, but I feel like I could maybe get onto yourself and Virginia from Actualizers and get some inspiration. But I feel like I kind of just want to give out so much positivity out in the world and give some inspiration to people, not because I am in a wheelchair, but just because of the tools that I've built up over time. I know that it could help other people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of feel maybe it's time now. I have the time. time. I think it's a good time to tell your story. I don't see your wheelchair. I see your resilience, your positivity, your, like your energy, Elena. When you, walk, when you come into a room, it is different. You're always smiling. You change the mood. And don't ever lose that because people need it. Um, yeah, definitely. It's so, it's so, so important. And it's so part of being Belle. And so that's why I was so delighted to talk to you today. I want to finish with some of our quick fire questions, okay? So these are one-line answers that your predecessors have left. Um, so I'll start with... I want two songs, one that make, make you smile and one that makes you cry. Okay, one that makes me smile. I try again from uh, Zootropolis from Shakira. Love that song, but I'm a Disney fan. We know that, one. Love we know that, that one. one. Um, the one that makes me cry. Um, oh, goodness. That's a hard one now. Um, maybe one of Adele's songs. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah oh goodness my head is gone now maybe um oh i love the river lee the song the river lee i love that from adele it doesn't really make me cry but it makes me nostalgic yes yeah yeah love that song and finally what do you do just for you what's your self-love self-care okay well a lovely cup of tea yes Surrounded by Disney. Perfect. Pretty much. Yeah. Couldn't finish on a better note. We love a bit of Disney. Elena, thank you yeah. again. Really, really 
it was fantastic to talk today and I'm so glad people might know a little bit more about you now because you're a very special person. Thank you, my dear. And it was such an honor.